Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. I reside on the Erie campus most often, although I love all the campuses at Calvary. I have a great friend in the booth today. We've got Mark Luby, the one and only. Hey, Mark. Hey, glad to be here. Man, it's a good Tuesday, isn't it? It is a good Tuesday. Beautiful morning. Yeah, it is a beautiful morning. And uh, we celebrated my one of my favorites church history moments hot yesterday. off of reformation day hot off of reformation day which is always on october 31st the true holiday of <laughs> october 31st i don't know why more people don't celebrate reformation day actually i actually do my friends that are anglican pastors in europe sent me pictures yesterday of their services of reformation services wow yeah i had a friend who did two of them because they're so popular it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Why is it Reformation Day? Uh, because 500 and 1517. 1517, yep. Do the math back there. 505 years? Yeah, I don't know. That's that? really close. Uh, Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the door in Wittenberg. He did. He did. It's an amazing story. And there's actually a really great movie out about Martin Luther. Huh. On, you can find it on Amazon Prime okay. and Netflix. Is it a new one? It's uh, It's been done in the last 15, 20 years. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's a great one. I'll have to, I'll have to so, take a look at that. Yeah, it's really good. Um, yes, Martin Luther, or Luther, as <laughs> our fellow Europeans call. There's what what happened on this day, Jay? Give us, give us a little history. Yeah, well, Martin Luther actually just simply had a paper of grievances of the Pope. Of the Catholic Church's time as a simple statement like, hey, we need to think about these things. It's a typical thing to do back then is to post those things on the door. Yeah. Wittenberg. And uh, people picked it up, really appreciated it, agreed with them, put it on the printing press, which, which was newly invented, mm-hmm. a new thing. Wow. And a fire was lit. Yeah. For Reformation. Do you think he had any idea the significance of that one act? He had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way he would know. No. Um, in fact, he wrestled with that for years. Mm-hmm. It, you know, his story is not like, he's sort of like reading the New Testament. You read Paul and you're like, okay, he's going from this place to this place. And that's just the next verse. Yeah. There's years in between. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes it's hard to read the Bible that, because of that for me. Because I don't have the dates, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he really processed that and eventually lived into this new reality which he has started <laughs> that God had called him. So yeah, yeah Re- you know, there was a lot of reclaiming the gospel. Reclaiming the gospel, yeah. And that's really important. And you should, if you have never read the ninety five statements, those are just ninety five statements he has. They are incredible statements and um rich yeah. in sort of um faith. So you should read the ninety five thesis. It's easy to find. This weekend also, you had Reformation Day. Yeah. And then don't forget the other big thing that happened this last weekend. Yeah. High school retreat. Got back from high school <laughs> retreat. Uh, you know, men's we, men's retreat and then high school retreat. Yeah. Back-to-back weekends. Um, you know, the amazing thing is just that team of Patrick, Solomon, Brody, um, those young guys just leading high schoolers into kingdom life. It's just fun to watch, man. Yeah. They're just great guys and great student volunteers. I met so many great student volunteers on all the campuses. 
we our students are in such great hands. Yeah. You know, like it's and just amazing that we have twenty year olds around here who we can trust to lead students out well. Yeah. And Lindsay just got back today. Yeah, she's off maternity leave, which is really fun. So we'll hear about that just in a few moments in staff meeting and Yeah. It'll she, be she'll be ready to jump in with those high school students again too. Yeah, she will. She will. You know, speaking of Calvary News, you can always go to Calvarybible.com slash events, click your campus, find out what's happening in your neck of the woods. There's so many great things happening here at Calvary heading into the Christmas season. And we would love for you to stay connected, be connected, and get connected here at Calvary. So go to calvarybible.com slash events, and we look forward to seeing you. All right, that was my one thing. You know what I learned on this retreat? What's that? There is one friend out there. Her name is Hannah, and she confessed to me over lunch on Saturday that she uses one of my episodes on the weekly to fall asleep every night. <laughs> <laughs> was this a high school student? Or uh, it was a young adult. <laughs> the, the same episode? The or? same episode. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. She falls asleep to our my podcast. Wow. <laughs> I was and, honored, actually. Yeah. Is that an indictment or an no, endorsement? No, no. That's an endorsement. <laughs> okay. If okay. you don't know what to do with the weekly, maybe I can help you fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Help, helping all sorts of issues, including insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, my friend. No doubt. All right. Let's get to the real conversation why we're here today. We're in the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke. Let me ask you a really broad question uh-huh. with the gospel of Luke. As you've pondered it, prayed, preached, see those peace. I'm alliterating uh, yeah, today yeah. really well. Work, <laughs> um, you know, as you, as you read this book, what's, what's, really striking you standing out that you didn't expect would um, this time around in Luke? That's a great question. I mean, going into this book, we had this theme of good news for all people. Yeah. And so we know the gospel is good news for all people. There's this hope that's brought to our forefront. We're looking at the life and the ministry of Jesus. And I think it probably just depends on a week by week basis. Mm-hmm. This last week, what really stuck out to me as I was in Luke, the end of it, I was preaching through the woes. Mm -hmm. What really struck out to me or stuck out to me was I had an expectation going into the passage of something I would get out of it. But as it always happens, the perfect way to ruin a sermon that you have ready to preach is to do study and to prepare to preach. and then something else has to happen yeah yeah Yeah. it's like you have these ideas and then just the word just changes it so i think i think just things that stick out what stuck out to me actually this last week going through the woes was not necessarily the anger of jesus and calling out um religious hypocrisy and those things that that stuck out too but also just the protective nature of jesus and just this idea of Jesus' continual love and protective nature and that he loves and cares for his people. And just thinking about that with Luke, with this travel narrative where he's going to the cross and seeing Jesus' anger and love come up in this passage together. Yeah. I, I think that's interesting. You say it's a tra- travel narrative. That's that's a really interesting phrase to use for the book of Luke. Yeah. Yeah, because Luke is going to the cross and Acts is coming from it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I would disagree. Maybe I say Luke is going to the resurrection and yeah. then coming out of the resurrection. Yeah. The pinnacle of our faith. Yeah, is it, isn't it? Is it that Luke, it starts 
and or it ends in Jerusalem, right? Mm-hmm. And then Acts picks up and begins in Jerusalem. Right. And so I had heard those things before. It's just so just getting some perspective on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with Acts, it goes from Jerusalem to the ends of the world. Yep. And so they're really far reaches. Yeah. Ends, yeah. Pretty amazing that, you know, I told the high schoolers we were in Psalm 1 on Sunday morning. And I said, there's not a lot of guarantees that I can give you except like this one where I said, I guarantee that Jesus read Psalm 1. Huh. That's and, good. like, how amazing is that? Yeah. That, like, you know, it's same with Luke. Like, generations of faith have read these stories, mm. read these narratives, read these woes. Yeah. Um, and we get to participate with, like, sometimes we forget that this is not a new thing, mm. but an old thing. Yeah. That's becoming made new every day with yeah. us. Yeah. Anyways, I, I just appreciate that. No, I think that's great. I mean, that's that's part of your love of history, I know, too. Yeah. Is, is we're a church, but we're also, we're together with the church throughout the ages. Right. Yeah, you know why that's so important to me? Because it keeps me faithful. Yeah. So I have to see, I have to be inspired by others who have lived this life. Um, that's how, why I love history. Yeah. You know, it's just, I just, like, gosh, these people did it, so I, hopefully I can do it as well, like. These people lived a life that was different, wholly other than their culture. I think I can, you know, I stayed the course today. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I'm also, uh, I'm also a very, like story guy. I'm driven by story. Like that's, if I was going to preach like I did at high school, it's yeah. all stories. Yeah. Because stories, maybe it's because I'm from Texas. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you're an exegetical preacher. You like verse by verse yeah yeah i love story preaching like Uh just tell me a good story that inspires me to stay faithful Mm. um and the scriptures have those as well yeah they do you know they do so i think that's one of the things too is as you teach the word if you can capture the whole story right that was actually something that was interesting for me preaching in luke 11 yeah and the woes is even just thinking okay what's what's the perspective like what's happening in this story Mm mm-hmm because you have these religious leaders who Jesus is confronting, and you're just thinking, what's the whole story here? And yeah. they have their own version of righteousness, the way that they've been living, the way that they've been seeking people's approval and living this lives of greed. You have Jesus' righteousness. This, oh, well, chair, chair oh, almost, almost broke. Yeah, the chair's good now. Okay, <laughs> is your back good? <laughs> yeah, my back's fine. Uh, so you have Jesus' righteousness, and and just thinking about even this, this. Um, these two ways of living represented by Jesus and represented by the religious leaders mm-hmm. and the outcome of Jesus's life and the journey of his life and the love he has for his people. Mm-hmm. And just keeping that in perspective as we read through, always remembering what's at the end is yeah. his death, his resurrection, his ascension, you know, the church that's going to come through the spirit him. given. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. So there's six woes. Uh-huh. Um where's where's the parallel passage um outside of Luke for these? Yeah, if you were to go to Matthew twenty three, mm-hmm. uh I think that's the main one. I don't I don't know if there's any others. Um Yeah, it is Matthew twenty three for yeah. sure. So Matthew twenty three, Jesus also gives woes in there. Mm-hmm. And Luke and Matthew, uh, as is often the case, record some different things and mm-hmm. um it appears that in Luke's story, what he really does is 
he gives sort of an inciting incident, mm-hmm. a story of hand washing and uh, this Pharisee who invites him over to his place and Jesus doesn't wash his hands like he expects him to wash. It's not a matter of um, just getting dirt off your hands. It's, it's holiness, ceremonial cleanliness. And then Luke gives us three woes to the Pharisees and three woes to the lawyers mm-hmm. and structures it in that way. And Matthew, I think, keeps them more combined together. Yeah, he combines all of them. Yeah. The woes. Yep. And at the end of Matthew, you have this great passage where um, where at the end of Matthew, you see Jesus' lament. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of what's so important is even in this passage where you see the judgment, and it, it is seven woes, it looks like, in Matthew, and that's the heading that's on it. So you got seven woes in Matthew, but then you have Jesus' lament to end it. Mm-hmm. Just a sadness over the hardness of heart of the people mm-hmm. and his love mixed in that, mm-hmm. I think is a it's just a good reminder. Right, and then he talks about the future comings in 24 in Matthew, where yeah. Luke puts it in a different spot, which is typical for the yeah. writers. They're, they're documenting two uh, viewpoints of yeah. what Jesus is doing, so it makes sense. Yeah, There's six only in Luke. There's seven in Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, but you picked out a specific one in Matthew. What, what woe did you pick out? In, in Matthew or in Luke? Oh, sorry, Luke. Yeah, right, yeah. I was cute, confused. Luke. You know, so th- this one was a, it was a relatively dense one because I, I went through all of them. You know, I spent a little bit more time on certain ones, but was really able to go through all of them and then reflect a little bit. But, um, yeah, so sp- spent spend a little time on each of them. Which one sticks out to you the most? Um... That's a good question. I think one that really stuck out to me was the last one he gives to the lawyers. So context, lawyers are teachers of the law. Yes. And we we think of lawyers as very legal, and, and that's right in a sense, but more so think of someone who's teaching the word of God. Mm-hmm. And in Luke 11.52, Jesus says, Woe to you, lawyers, if you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you have hindered those who are entering. So just get the image here for a moment. He's saying, you're the lawyers. Mm -hmm. You teach the word of God. Mm -hmm. You have the key of knowledge. Mm -hmm. As the lawyers, they should have been the ones who just swung open wide the gates of the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. and said, like whoever would believe and trust and, and, you know, give their lives to the Lord, like you can be saved. Like they, they should have been the ones who we're proclaiming the hope of salvation to the world and to the people of Israel first, you know, and then yeah. beyond that to the world. And yet Jesus says, it's like, they've taken away the key. It's like, they're outside the door. They hide the key under the, you know, under the rocks, but they've lost it and they're not entering themselves. Um, what struck me though, is comparing and contrasting Jesus with the f- religious leaders in each one. Think about Jesus comes and he proclaims, what does he say? The kingdom at hand right he invites people in yeah and crazy outside the norm people yeah yeah people who society would have rejected right and i I just love that one of the great accusations brought against jesus was that he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners Mm -hmm. it's like I'm like, I think that would be an awesome thing to have on your gravestone. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's condemning. 
Yeah. And but it's also the kingdom of God. Yeah. 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 I know. It's it's sort of interesting. I've actually never been no one's ever charged me that I hang out with too many sinners. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a it's a personal challenge because I hear that and I'm like, oh, like what what a challenge. Right. Like what a challenge for us as a church. Right. And I was thinking about as people go into the normal week, they go into normal jobs, like our society still has those who are outcast. Oh, definitely. Those who are rejected mm-hmm. and those who would be seen as sinners in that way. Right. It's like, man, what a challenge for us as a church to say, let's be like our Lord mm-hmm. and let's let's love those who the society would reject. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the charge against him. Yeah. Should be the charge against us in some way, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, that's a tough teaching. You know, talk about these sort of these... Why do you think the Pharisees and lawyers miss Jesus? Like, you know, this is a big question that looms over all the Gospels yeah. and throughout the whole Gospel of Luke, even into Acts. Yeah. Is there like a, Luke really seems to be charging the these individuals as missing Christ. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the good thing is we know they didn't all miss it. Right. There's grace there. I mean, even think about who wrote most of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. A Pharisee. Yeah. Former, former Pharisee, Paul, who becomes a great follower of Jesus. And, and he, and, and we see others come to faith. Um, right. But I, I think if we had to boil it down to one word, it would probably be pride. Mm. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Right. And it seems that the pride of the religious leaders in their own sense of righteousness, mm-hmm. their own sense of worth and value in the community, and the love of money. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you know, we can think about these biblical times as so distant, but it's like money, approval, <laughs> success, and pride. Right. It's like we're humans too. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, same you thing. You should going put your on. names on these instead of she's talking to the Lord, she's talking to Jay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in some ways. And so I, I think it was that sense of pride yeah. that would keep them from recognizing the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I, I think you're I think you're onto something in regards to what kept them away. You know, they had achieved some status yeah. outside of the work of God. Yeah. And that is always hard to leave behind in mm-hmm. following God. Absolutely. And I think that's a very human thing. Mm-hmm. It happens in my own life. Yeah. Um, but I think that's partially what I see that I would add to that conversation mm. is they have done some pulling up their own bootstraps yeah. type life yeah. in order to achieve. They had to be the smartest ones to be here because yeah. of the memorization of the Torah and all those other things. They had been influential. Maybe their parents yeah. were at one time. You know, Saul claims even his father, you know, like mm-hmm. a Roman citizen. So there's some stories there that people have to leave behind in order to follow Jesus. Yeah. And he really flattens he really flattens it out, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. There's not really a hierarchy in the kingdom of God. No. There's one flat line that's called servant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> welcome to the <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, welcome. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. And um, and I think it's really 
The most interesting, the most interesting thing with this in this regard is that Jesus went first in it, mm. and that's what I'm haunted by. He went first in what? Serving, serving, yeah, humility, yeah, yeah. humbling self. Philippians two, yeah, you know, um, he he doesn't ever ask us something that he wasn't already ready willing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. He invites yeah. us to everything he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And everything he had done. Yeah. And to the extreme, right? Like if you, temptation of sin. Yeah. Like he invites us to stay even to the point of death. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he did it. So that's so important. Yeah. Because most leaders, most political leaders, let me say it that way. Yeah. Most um, influential people usually don't walk the walk in which they're talking mm. at some point, mm. you know? Yeah. And uh, Jesus is not that way. I think what's so cool about it too is it's, it's just the logic of the gospel. I mean, that God has gone before us, that he loves and cares for us and that there's this response that comes from us. So the logic of just, you know, this is, this is who we're called to be, but this is the great love and mm. the goodness and the grace of God that is, is before us, you know? Yeah. God is is not waiting to respond in kindness to us, but his kindness leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. Jesus tells us to bear our cross and follow him. Well, he's going to go and bear his cross and die for his people. Before he ever asks us to do it. Yeah, or yeah. as he goes to yeah, ask us to do it. Yeah, yeah, know? totally. That's very so, true. It's just, I, I think that idea, and that's one of the things I've just con- continued to keep in mind as I go through the gospel is how does the whole story inform how I view the stories leading up to it. Mm-hmm. If Jesus is going to go to the cross and be crucified on behalf of his people, how does that give perspective to him telling me to bear my cross, mm-hmm. to deny myself? How does that give perspective to the anger that he shows at these abusive religious leaders? How does that give perspective to I mean, his temptation? And, right. and I don't know the answers in full to all those, but those are, those are great things to reflect on. Yeah, that's really true. You know, it needs to be noted in chapter 11, the end, um, 53 and 54, the Pharisees, religious leaders, provoked to speak many things, right? And yeah. lying in wait for him to catch, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. Yeah, they're trying to trap him. Yeah, this is sort of the turn of Luke into mm-hmm. sort of kingdom life because 12 through what? Chapter 17 is really kingdom life. And it also is the pressure cooker of actually Mm. the Pharisees and religious leaders wanting to kill Jesus. Mm. And there's a sort of a turn in the page in Luke's account that we need to pay attention to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So how do do you encourage people as they're reading ahead for the weeks to come? what encouragement or how does that perspective help them? Yeah, I would say if you're going to read chapter 12 and 13, let's just go two weeks ahead. Yeah. I would underline things that challenge you personally. Mm. Like I would underline things that you would, you would want to sharpie out of the Bible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because that's actually where the Lord usually does his work in us Mm. is those are the things that are the hardest things maybe for us to hear. Mm. 
and um, or the things we don't want to hear. And I would say Luke 12 and 13, we got to really read these things and like underline the ones that are really hard for us to hear and then start praying through them and asking, okay, Lord, what, what are you doing in this? How have, am I interpreting this the right way? Mm. Am I living contrary to this? And that's why I'm angry at it. Mm. I think the Pharisees and the religious leaders between here and the end of Luke really highlight my own discomfort with what Jesus has to say. Mm. And so I would read 12 and 13 that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. That's helpful perspective. Yeah. You know, how would you, you know, in the next, say 12 through 15 prodigal son, lost things, where would you say, how would you read Luke right now? Oh, if I'm looking at, I mean, Luke 15 is gold. Mm-hmm. It all is. It's the word of God. All, yeah. of, all of it's good. But um, there's just so much to look forward to in Luke. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the truth is we're, we're going through and we're doing a chapter at a time. And we're doing a section from a chapter at a time. And there's so much where, I mean, I, don't, I, I can confess this on here. I skipped the Lord's Prayer this week. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and, and well, to be... To be fair, it's not the complete Lord's Prayer, <laughs> as in Matthew. <laughs> but it's like, man, there's there's like gold we did not get yeah. to this week. And, you know, in uh, Thornton and Boulder, they, they made a wise decision and did preach the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> but um, so if you if you were in Erie this week and want to hear that, you can check out Zach or Jake's message on the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, and if you're Thornton and Boulder and you want to hear the woes, check out Mark's. Yeah. And so yeah. I, th- I think there's part of it is there's so much gold in Luke. But, yeah, when we get to Luke 15, we're going to get three incredible parables from Jesus. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the prodigal son. And, or prodigal sons. As Thank you. I thought this was correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, or the prodigal God. Uh, prodigal uh, God, if, yeah. If we're going to go the Tim Keller route. <laughs> book recommendation, Prodigal God by Tim Keller. You won't regret it for a oh, moment. Oh, yeah, that's. That's probably his best book and probably one of the best books on this subject. We've had students read it before in the past, and it, it is it is a it is a wonderful, accessible yeah, book. It really is. It will light your heart up. It will. It is it, it's his best work. <laughs> yeah. And I I think if you read those, just remember who Jesus is. He's the one who came to seek and save the lost. And then you're gonna read these stories about seeking, saving, um, and the grace of God. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I would say continue to read Luke with us. Continue to press in on what the Lord is really instructing you in the book as a community as well. You know, I think preaching, I love preaching. And, and in a community, it's what the Lord actually wanted to say to us. That's what I feel like. That's what the word of God is. Yeah, Preaching yeah. on a Sunday morning. That's why it has to be local for me. You can't just pick a favorite sermon. You have to preach. This is going into a, <laughs> a soapbox of Jay Ewing. But, you know, that's what we have to receive that as the word of God for our community. And that's um, an amazing thing. And Luke has been so challenging for me mm. and our community yeah. in these texts. And I'd rather have the Lord's Prayer than the woes. But the Lord <laughs> knew that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm so grateful for that. All right. Thanks, Mark, for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me on.
Hey, Calvary, we're so thankful that you're listening in on the weekly. You can write us. If we say anything confusing or wrong, you can write Mark Luby <laughs> <laughs> at CalvaryBible.com. M. Luby. M. Luby. Yeah. And uh, we love to hear from you. You can always write us at theweekly at CalvaryBible.com. And above and beyond, stay connected, stay faithful, stay praying, stay reading your scriptures and pursuing Jesus. And I will hopefully do the same by the grace of the Lord. Amen. All right. 